You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Jeff, Ken, and Matt, coming in weird. Hello, Neil. Hi. The dead air before you started, I started looking at each other like, which one of us is supposed to do the intro, even though it's always, almost, Usually when always. it gets down to I just like two, to make it it's kind of two, when he throws it to someone. You ready to look? Just Matt doesn't like to do it, and Jeff doesn't like to do it. Yeah, Matt prefers not to do it, and, and Jeff makes, uh, makes turns people, his mic off. Makes people think you're our boss. Now. I don't know why. I just I just feel like anxious, Which you are, but... Even though yeah. I've heard the catchphrase 5,000 times by this it's point. It's because I, can, well, I Matt, can't remember. Matt still says I show. can't remember if it's a game or a show. It's a game. It's a game. It's all a show to Matt. Yeah. So that's what it life is. Life is a show. This so, is serious. It's a game. I thought Matt. life was a highway, Matthew. Sometimes. Uh, there, there is something uh, serious I want to talk about because a lot of people have been asking mm-hmm. this question over and over for last uh, quite quite a while, and finally I want to let the cat out of the bag. Yes, me and Neil are separated for the last seven years. Oh. I know. Well, I, I have to try and find you know a new partner maybe and as long as people keep my name out of their mouth i think we'll be okay yes listen we're still co-hosts <laughs> um but we have separated yeah and, and as i saw online people said uh you know the world before when we weren't separated was the same and the world that will be after we're separated will be the exact same well every every couple of months i'll, I'll come out of my house and just like drag you in the media <laughs> okay <laughs> so don't worry everything will be the same everything will be normal and, and healthy um, Matt, uh, speaking of slaps, um, how is the slap bet going with you in uh, the Maryland area? I know you have a slap bet with one of your customers at the conglomerate. Uh, have you gotten a slap on them yet? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not uh, personally allowed to slap any customers at the conglomerate. Uh, laws and uh, lawsuits will will follow. So I try. I try to keep my maybe, hands to myself. Maybe one day. Like you can hope. Just one day. Yeah, maybe a purge of some sort. I hope to live in a world where slap bets are perfectly normal. With uh, customers? Well, you know what we didn't... Yes. <laughs> we're just with any strangers. Why not, Matt? Mm, fair enough. Dream big. Well, we did have a, a special slap bet uh, with someone we'd like to introduce first here. Um, <laughs> she uh, she said, if you don't keep me on the show in a certain amount of time, you get slapped. We were a one week late. It's, and not, I really, did... it's not really a slap bet. It's more of a threat. It's more of a threat. <laughs> she threatened us to be on the show. No, we wanted to, to have her on the show. She's in town. We're super excited. Uh, coming to us from Greenville, South Carolina, rules guy impersonator, Lauren Kushwa. How are you, Lauren? I'm wonderful. How are you guys? 
doing great. And listeners might re- remember you on two episodes, I think, both with your sister Christina, right? Yes, yes. exactly. The Madonna sex book was oh, our that's first right. one. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have it here to show you. It's at my parents, I think. But I don't want to be like, let's go to my parents and I'll show you the sex book. <laughs> so he's ready to whip uh, it out. That's you know. It's yeah. really weird, but that worked on me like eight years <laughs> ago. That. <laughs> that's why that's why this podcast yeah. exists. I just said, uh, you want to see my sex book? Peter Pitt um, and so sex tell book. us, <laughs> Peter, yeah, Peter Pitt and sex books. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself if people don't remember. The new um, Netflix and chill. <laughs> So, like you said, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, in town. So I'm thrilled that this worked out to be here with you guys in person. Um, I'm a dietitian. I oversee a lot of farm-to-school stuff for school nutrition and a really cool program where we help students with special or special education students that may not be on track for their high school diploma get employability credentials. So we teach them culinary skills so they can go into the workforce and show that they're employable. And I've got uh, two awesome kids, Olive and Cal, and my great husband, Kyle. Awesome. Well, we, we appreciate you being here and taking a break from Broadway uh, to spend some time with us. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you. And uh, we do have a special host here who's saving the day uh, wearing a cape uh, and a superhero outfit. Uh, he's been on the show before. You might have heard him on a Patreon bonus or maybe on another episode coming to us from right down the road in Lyle, Illinois. Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, David Kantorsky. How's it going, David? All right. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for putting together today's game. We know you, you did it last minute. You were working on it a little bit, but you put it together last minute, so we really appreciate that. Uh, tell the folks at home a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, still selling computers, not ex- as exciting or promoting as Lauren's job there. <laughs> uh, still got two kids, though, that keep me busy. And, um, yeah, I believe... I don't know when this episode's coming out. I did mention that I do host pub trivia. Kind of on a little break from that right now, but hopefully going to be doing that again soon. Um, I'll be in the Western Burbs area. Um, of course, I'll let you guys know and I'll promote it on um, Facebook with you guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Hopefully some of our listeners can come check you out and, and listen to some of those questions. Ken, um, you've partnered with Lauren today. Um, yeah, well, given our separation, I thought I could channel the uh, founder and CEO of Goop, and we could be conscious uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling. Okay. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that but was, I love that was it. That her and Chris Martin, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes it was. Correct. Okay. Well, if you're going to be conscious uncoupling, uh, Jeff, I think we have to do something in the realm of, of what we've been talking about. What do you think we should be? Uh, I would like to be uh, the jade, a pinket egg. <laughs> the jade, a pinket egg. <laughs> the jade eggs. Yeah, we get it, Jeff. We get it. And uh, they're our sponsor today. I'm actually uh, using one right now, and hopefully it will <laughs> improve my trivia performance, but I, it's definitely uncomfortable. I'll say That's that. how that guy won that chess tournament, right? I don't remember. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it had Wi-Fi. That's where. That's why I think. Um, well, we have our. our is, there, is there an upper limit to how many you can use at once? I think it's it's all to the user, right? It's it's the eye of the beholden, or the <laughs> the whole of the beholden. It's <laughs> a scary eye of the beholder. I'm so glad I'm here. <laughs> Just it's madness. It's all in the show. I'm not editing a single bit out. Well, we have our teams. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, Jade, a pink at egg versus conscious uncoupling. And uh, David is our host, but we have to get the rules. Uh, Lauren, you're in studio today. Any rules read? Ooh, yeah. Let's do uh, Dutch Boy. All right. Uh, let's hear it, Willem. The rules of the spell are simple. 
20 vragen verdeeld over twee rondes, waarbij elke vraag 10 punten waard is. Halverwege is er een speciale swingronde, ontworpen door de host van deze week. Na deze rondes beginnen de spelers aan de finale, met de punten die ze hebben verdiend. En hebben ze de mogelijkheid om 0 tot 30 punten in te zetten op 5 gecategoriseerde vragen. Aan het eind van het spel wordt iemand benoemd tot de cream of the crop. If you did not understand what Willem said, uh, just go back to like another episode and you'll figure it out. If, if or, you don't know or, what... Or start <laughs> taking Duolingo. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, study the Dutch language. Today's other Duolingo. sponsor, Duolingo. Not a paid sponsor. <laughs> My favorite Duolingo is where Duolipa is actually the instructor. I hear the owl gets very aggressive <laughs> if you don't do your lessons. Is that the owl that when you lick the lo lollipop, it gets angry? It's very similar. Okay. But I actually get aggressive when I don't get any trivia questions. So let's get to the game. All right. Um... So the first round, pretty straightforward. I just have simple categories for you. Um, and then I might have a little bit more fun with the second half here. Uh, but question number one is in music. Being a part of the late 80s and early 90s Bay Area punk scene, this band was known as Sweet Child from 1987 to 1989. But they changed their name to their current name. Don't let the years deceive you, as their first big album did not come out until 1994. And while I thought it was a great album, some just read the title and think it's crap. Which yeah, band well, is this? Neil, we can lock yeah. in here. Yeah, I had a uh, strong suspicion, and then uh, the the end kind of finished it for me. Are Agreed. Yeah. What, what do you want to say? Uh, we're gonna go Green Day. Oh. Yep, we're going uh, number two answering this question. <laughs> um, we also said Green Day. Green Day is correct. So. Uh, I figured the Dookie hint was going to help out a little bit there. Sweet Child, I was afraid, might have swayed you towards, like, Guns N' Roses. So When you when you say Bear, Bay Area punk scene, I immediately go to Op Ivy and Green Day. So Yes, I go to Rancid. It's usually Rancid here after, like, an hour. Sorry, Lauren, by the time the, the heat gets us. All right, question number two is in pop culture. Spencer's Gifts is a North American mall retail store with over 600 stores throughout the U.S. and Canada. While it's known for selling novelty and gag gifts, clothing, band merchandise, room decor, and body jewelry throughout the year, um, they also do own what meme-worthy store that basically does the same and at its peak has 1,400 stores. Are they the same company? I, I would have guessed that. Yeah. That's all I can think of. I mean, I, I feel like they're in the same realm. You don't get the uh, the FBI T-shirts with the the federal, you know, inspector um, body, the, the cream of the crop of America in that store. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? I think Matt shops at this place, and I think we should go with it. <laughs> do you want to go with it? <laughs> I have nothing further to say. Okay, we're locked in. Well, Lauren, I don't think it's sharper image, um, <laughs> but I do think it's another mall store, right? J Crew. Jake, Jake Cooper. <laughs> uh, I was thinking Hot Topic, actually. Yeah. You sound, that sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah, Jeff, title of our new podcast where we talk about all the hot goss. We said Hot Topic. Yeah, I've got a little jingle for it. It goes, Hot Topic. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody picking up points. Is it, is it Gadzooks? No, you guys missed the meme-worthy store. Yeah. And at its peak, it has 1,400 because they're not open year-round. This is spirit. Uh, Halloween. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So moving into question number three. Uh, geography adjacent. 
What rugged and mountainous range located on the coast of California lends its name to not only a Mac OS version, but also a Carol- Jack Kerouac novel and a Jack Johnson song? All right, I think we're going to lock in on this one reluctantly. All right, Jeff, uh, what do you know about banana pancakes? Um, they are delicious. You hardly even notice. Exactly. Um, what I will say is I know um, Mac OS had a Sierra or High Sierra. Uh, the Sierra Nevadas are a mountain range in California. They're um, in California, not Nevada. So it's a trick. It is, uh, he just said West Coast. He didn't. It's not like a trick. Oh, okay. But, that, I mean, that would be my guess. I don't know. That's fine with me. I have, I have no, no idea. I trust you. So if it's Sierra, we'll, I'll feel good about it. We're going to second that guess. Maybe I need to put a little, little bit more hints in here. Uh, but after Sierra, I believe, was Big Sur, mm. which is also the song and novel. So. Oh, Big Sur. Oh, yeah, right. Jack Kerouac. You put plenty of clues. We just ignored them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all jade-egged up here, so uh, all everybody's right. game. Then uh, let's move into question number four about movies. Which brother known more for writing and starring in films like Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood and White Chicks also starred next to Jared Leto in Requiem for a Dream. All right, we are locked in. So uh, the Wayans family... sorry, that was my egg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the Wayans family is is very talented. Uh, Keenan Ivory, famous director, uh, directed a lot of the, the films with the family in it. But um, we're looking for the man who still gets money from not playing Robin in the Batman and Robin franchise back when well, uh, Joel pay, Schumacher. They're paying him for it. They still pay him to this day um, for not being Robin uh, because they promised him Robin, and then they, they hired Chris O'Donnell, but he still gets a paycheck. So we said Marlon Wayans. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we said Marlon Wayans. Hey, and you guys are back on track. It is Marlon Wayans. So... And question number five, it's politics and media. This social and political activist who was also who also co-founded the Youth International Party was arrested in 1973 for cocaine possession with the intent to sell and distribute. He did skip bail, had cosmetic surgery, and lived in hiding as Barry Freed for nearly seven years before turning himself in. Always one for media drama, a pre-taped interview with Barbara Walters aired that same day. Who is he? Lauren, Ken, we're going to lock in based on a movie reference, and we're hoping it's right. Okay. <laughs> oh, the movie reference? Maybe it's the guy from Blow? Sure. Johnny Depp. Exactly. <laughs> his What's name. his name? I don't know. Nine-year-old Johnny Depp well, got arrested for cooking. I don't think, I don't think we're going to get this one, Lauren. Uh, so how's about we... We pick somebody who we know uh, had some uh, a change to their appearance, and we say face-offs, Caster Troy. Ooh, it. Caster Troy. Uh, right now, I'm putting my my fingers down Jeff's face Ugh. very slowly. <laughs> Sorry, I hate that. <laughs> <so> <laughs> Lauren just threw up in the studio. And yeah, um, I could eat a peach all day. <laughs> um, so. Thankfully, David uh, put a lot of hints in here. I know we haven't been getting them so far in the game, but I do remember this person had a tumultuous um, career after what the, maybe they're perhaps most famous for. Um, I wrote to Jeff, Sasha Baron Cohen, and Trial Chicago 7, and we couldn't th- think of the name. We went to the alphabet. I got A and B, which led me to Abby Hoffman. So we liked him with Abby Hoffman. 
And exactly, once again, you are correct wow. in using movies to well get done. there. It was Abby Hoffman. So. All right, and with that last correct answer, the eggs have it. They're up 30 to 20 over continuous uncoupling. Uncoupling? Uncoupling. Unconscious. <laughs> Conscious. Conscious uncoupling. Oh boy. Conscious uncoupling. This is why I should write stuff down. All right, let's go to question six. <laughs> question six is in sports. Cooper Cup is the first receiver that won the receiver triple crown and the Super Bowl in the same year. However, there are three other uh, triple crown winners, unfortunately not making it to the Super Bowl in the same year. I want you to name those three receivers. And to go ahead and point out a triple crown for the receiver means they led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Yeah. And here, you know what? Name two for points. All right. So uh, I guess we're going to introduce a new uh, factor onto the show, and that's the Matt phone-a-friend. So we're going to use our Matt phone-a-friend for this one. So what are you guys thinking? Okay, so um, we wrote down Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, maybe Jerry Rice is too easy of an answer because, Jeff, you said maybe he won the Super Bowl because he won a lot of them. I, I think he won a few of them when he was – he was only with San Francisco, right? Yeah. Uh, well, he went to the, the Raiders at one point. Oh, that's right. But, I mean, I think him and Montana were, like, unstoppable, right? Yeah. What, what were we going to say, David? I was going to say, can I go ahead and clarify? Uh-huh. They won the Triple Crown but did not win the Super Bowl in the same year. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and we just think that's why we were thinking Jerry Rice was a little difficult because he may have won the Triple Crown in years where he would have won the Super Bowl likely. Right. So, and Randy Moss didn't. If he he maybe won one Super Bowl, but um, do you want to say if he did, it was with uh, the Patriots. Right. Um, Do you want to say Randy Moss? And I liked your answer, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, that's what we're locking in with. I usually eat my uh, Jerry Rice out of my Cooper Cup. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are the answers? Uh, Please have them. Uh, Jerry Rice is most definitely one of them, I'm pretty sure. And I think the other one is a former Panther, and I think it's Steve Smith. I don't know the third one. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jerry Rice won the Triple Crown in 1990. Uh, we're going to fast forward. In 2005, Steve Smith was also a Triple Crown winner. Wow. Yeah. And in 1992, it was Sterling Sharp. Mm, oh, the other Sharp. brother. the last one. Yeah. So. I guess he didn't, Matt, I guess he didn't skip his uh, <laughs> chance to do that. Someone will get that. Yeah. It's fine. Not it's me. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Moving into question number seven. Another one about movies. What holiday film featured cameos from Frank Stallone Roger Clinton and Stephen Baldwin, as they all attended a support group called Siblings Anonymous with the title character. I'm trying to remember. I just watched this recently. Why? I, I'm like, I think I blocked it out of my In head. In July? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> it's a holiday film? Yeah. It's a 4th of July movie. <laughs> Sounds like Matt knows it, so you might want to use your phone a friend and even the playing field. I oh, I thought we weren't allowed the Matt phone a friend. No, you're allowed. You're Everyone's allowed. Us. Everyone's allowed. But does Neil, can Neil swallow his pride and use it on a movie question is the question. That's <laughs> so the real it's question. A, so it's a, it's a holiday film with a title character. Yeah, I just need the title character. Oh, it's, um. oh yeah, hold on. It's one of the Santa Clauses. It's, uh, I think, 
Oh, no, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's Fred Claus. <laughs> We're going to lock in with Fred Claus. <laughs> yeah, we said Fred Claus. Oh, watching you work through that, Neil, was just classic. So it is Fred Claus, the f- brother of Santa Claus. So It's not Fred Claus the person. Because I was Fred like, there's Claus. no way Disney would be putting oh. Frank Stallone in a movie. And I was like, it has to be something <laughs> grittier. Yeah. yeah. All right. Question number eight. The gritty movie We're gonna Fred talk Claus, about... by the way. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about cartoons. This cartoon character ranks fifth among their group of friends, despite being the dirty kid. However, on rare occasions, they cleaned up to impress Violet, who he was quite fond of. Might be confusing for more recent fans of this cartoon, since the last time we saw him clean up, there was a shared crush between him and Patty. Yeah, I I agree with that, Jeff. Uh, We're going to go Pigpen. We agree. We said Pigpen of Peanuts fame. It is Pigpen. So... So he he cleaned up, huh? He had like a she's all that moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Walked down the stairs. Yeah. Well, they just hosed him Saw down. Saw Freddie Prince Jr. And he's not the one with the blankie, right? That's Linus? That's Linus. That's Linus. Correct. That's Linus. Yeah. So Linus has the blankie. Pigpen is the one dirty. where the, the lines. The cloud just, of dust. Yeah, just kind of yeah. That'd be around. bad for me. They I couldn't be friends him, with him. call the kid Pigpen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I feel bad for him. All right. Question number nine. Your category is sports. In February 2023, Tom Brady announced his retirement for pro- from professional sports again. For now. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that one. I meant to do this one. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'm no, sure people first... feel, feel two ways about it. So yeah. The fine. first one was correct. So Wait, is there um, a Wolverines one on here still? <laughs> probably. Okay, so Brady announced his retirement. And while he's known mostly as being a patriot, I want to know what professional sports team was the first to draft him. They have since moved, rebranded, and even won a world championship of their own. All right, Jeff and I are going to phone a friend to Matt, and uh, we'll lock in. Okay. Uh, Oilers are not a team anymore. They're not a team anymore. They have rebranded. That's the only one I can think of and he's that's been left in the, the league. Yeah, he's been in there a minute. Because it feels like that's too He's... long ago, but maybe not. I don't think so. Let's should we go with it. Yeah, All I right. like it. Matt, um, we might be completely wrong, but we were thinking maybe it was kind of a trick, and it was like many quarterbacks that get drafted by a baseball team. But you'll let us know. Uh, that is probably correct. It's important for me to root, root, root for the home team out here, which is the Nationals, which uh... used to be the Montreal Expos. He was the last remaining uh, professional athlete drafted by the Expos to still be playing. Uh, they moved in 2004, I believe it was, to Washington, became the Nationals, won the World Series a couple years ago. Um, Tom Brady was a third baseman and was drafted back in 95 out of high school. Oh, okay. Because, so. yeah, what, yep. Pat Mahomes was drafted in the baseball and, and John Elway was drafted to the Yankees and um, some other people too. Russell Wilson. Yep. Yeah. All right. And then for the final question of this round, it's in history. This university founded in 1876 in Baltimore, Maryland, is named after a philanthropist who passed away only three years earlier. It is the first U.S. university based on on the European research institution model. Only fitting that their motto, when translated to English, is, the truth will set you free. 
So Neil and I were, of course, first thinking about famous philanthropists, and we thought of Carnegie, uh, Carnegie Mellon, which I'm pretty sure is in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, so the other one that we went to, which I know is in the Baltimore area, uh, definitely named after a person. We don't know if it's right. We said Johns Hopkins. And we said the exact same thing. And you guys are both correct. Yay. Nice. Yeah, three years after he passed away, the university was built, and I thought that was kind of an amazing fact in its own. So, All right, after the first round, uh, we have a really tight game, a lot of points going back and forth. Uh, Jada Pinkett Egg, uh, 70 points in the lead, consciously uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling. Nope, never going to say it right. 60 points, 10 <laughs> points down. As I always say, it's anyone's ball game. Well, one thing we wanted to do here, we were talking before we started recording, and we realized that in a long time we haven't asked for anyone to give us a review. Uh, a review on iTunes could be super helpful to the show, and uh, we'd love to see your reviews. We've seen so many of them over the years. Lauren, I think you wrote a review, I, I believe? Yeah, way back when. Way back one when. word just said sucks. Sucks, yeah. <laughs> uh, David, you wrote one. I think it said pass, but at least it was a review. <laughs> Um, but we'd really appreciate it if you go on iTunes. Even if you're not on Apple, uh, you can still leave a review. It'd be super helpful just to help with uh, visibility. I think we're around 500, Jeff, something uh, like that. I don't think we ever got to 500. Okay, so we want to get past 500, I guess, is what we're trying our to say. Our most recent one says that our most recent one says, Ken McNeil is amazing. So shout out to Ken McNeil. Hey, there you go. Uh, and speaking of reviews, the, the other way you can help us uh, truly is by becoming a patron. So you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast where you can get two bonus audio episodes a month plus all of our newest episodes ad-free uh, as well as uh, join a community of people helping us continue to grow. We didn't have chairs. We were just standing the entire time, Lauren. And when you came, uh, the patrons helped us get a chair. So thank you for that. <laughs> one chair that you all and share. Dave, uh, we're all sharing one chair, but it's working out just fine. It's a big chair. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much, though, to all of our patrons. If you'd like to join uh, David and Lauren, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. David, what do you have in store for us today? Well, just like the last time I was on, I've kind of given you hints to my halftime round already. Um, the halftime today is there are exactly 10 actors that have won the Best Actor Oscar more than once. Okay. Um, so, yes, I have put part of their name in the questions or answers leading up till now, but I'm not going to let Jeff try to sing Eminem anymore. Um, and I know Neil's probably already got all 10 down. But what I'm going to do is I have a famous movie line said by seven of these actors. The three of them are a little bit more old timey. I kind of came up with what I thought is clever clues mainly because their movie lines are too vague or racist or both okay. for me to put on this show. Okay? Thank you for that. No problem. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, triviality stance is any amount of racist, too racist. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that had to be said. but Well, yeah, anything from like the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so actor number one. And if you want to try to think back to the previous questions, I did line them up properly. So actor number one, the movie quote is, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> actor number two, this actor racked up the, it's a, it's a clue here. This actor racked up the most nominations in this category and winning his two back-to-back -back years. 
I can't even I can't recall him playing a detective, even though his name sounds like one. Question number three, or actor number three. Going back to a quote. They were giving me 10,000 watts a day. You know, I'm hot to trot. The next woman takes me on. It's going to light up like a pinball machine and pay off in silver dollars. Uh, actor number four, also a quote. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead, I'm a, instead of a bum, which is what I am. Charlie, let's face it. Actor number five. I have a name. It's Dorothy. It's not Tootsie or Toots or Sweetie or Honey or Doll. Actor number six. Uh, going back to a clue here. I was trying to find a super duper clue for this man, but it was quite tough because I can't stop thinking how he's dressed like a million dollar trooper. Actor number seven. Also a clue. This is the hardest, but with Halloween around the corner, you might watch this actor's classic role, or is it roles? However, his name sounds something from a spring movie release. And actor number eight. I've been thinking about this. Mr. Hand, I'm here, and you are here. Doesn't that make this our time? Certainly, there's nothing wrong with a little feast on our time. Number nine, also another quote. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And number 10, maybe a give me, but uh, here's the quote. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. All right, we have our clues. We'll be back with our answers. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. 
We are back with our answers. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But uh, let's uh, throw it back to David, get the abbreviated questions one more time, and we'll see how we did. Uh, actor number one, the movie quote, I drink your milkshake. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Daniel Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say Paul Dano. Um, either way, we would be happy. But yeah, DDL, right? DDL, yeah. That was the first one you wrote down. That's right. On accident, before the questions even happened. Yeah, and it happened to match. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. Obviously, yes, that was Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, he has the most with three uh, Oscar wins. So uh, the question was about Green Day. That was how the clue uh, were linked up there. Yep. So, Famed lead singer of Green Day, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Well, day, day, Lewis. Do you have the time <laughs> to listen to, to me whine? Uh, actor number two, one of those old-timey actors. So I just gave a clue. This actor racked up the most nominations in this category, winning his two in back-to-back years. I can't even recall him playing a detective, even though his, now, his name sounds like one. This one, the previous question answer help me get to uh spencer tracy yeah we uh grabbed adam's rib and said spencer tracy spencer tracy is correct i was trying to go after that dick tracy theme in there uh, but yeah he has been nominated nine times in this category all these actors only have two wins besides daniel day lewis <laughs> actor number three they was giving me ten thousand watts a day you know i'm and I'm like hot to trot. The next woman takes me on is going to light up like a pinball machine and pay off in silver dollars. Uh, we thought this might be Jack Nicholson. Is this uh, from One Floor? Is this uh, a maybe. Ken Kesey this... quote? Well, regardless, we thought the same. Jack Nicholson. It is from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, his first Oscar win. Um, and then, of course, the clue, the question contained Jack Kerouac. And Jack Johnson. Mm. Yep. And for your for trivia purposes, he does have three Oscars, but only two for Best Actor, one for Supporting, if, if you ever get asked that. Yeah, because something had to give. Well, that's why I pointed out it is a Best Actor, because mm-hmm. uh, this would go ahead and be a whole different list. So, uh, Actor number four, movie quote, you don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead of a bum, which is what I am. Charlie, let's face it. And then you came to me on the... T- no, I'm just <laughs> David delivered that line almost as good as the actor, I will, I will say. And uh, we're uh, saying that's... Marlon Brando. Yep. Yeah, uh, not to be confused with John Oliver's children's book, Marlon Bundo. Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, Marlon But we, Bundo. we said Marlon Brando. Nice. That is correct. So, And that was Marlon Wayne's, Uh It was the answer for question number four. Actor number five. Uh, movie quote, I have a name. It's Dorothy. It's not Tootsie or Toots or Sweetie or Honey or Doll. Uh, for that one, we said Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, we agree that this is the Midnight Cowboy. Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. He's not oh the God. Midnight Cowboy. He's Ratso. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he's walking uh, here. Either way, he is Tootsie, uh, which he did not win for. Uh, but yes, it is Dustin Hoffman, uh, and that was the question about Abby Hoffman. Mm. Still in the AFI, hundred greatest films of all time. So, not like it's a bad movie. Uh, 
actor number six. Uh, this is the one, uh, going back to the movie clue, the clues that I wrote for this guy. Trying to find a super duper clue for this man is tough because I can't stop thinking how he is dressed like a million dollar trooper. So we didn't understand a single part of this one. Oh, you, did it pop in your head? I think so. All right, give it. That or I'm way Buzzer off. Beater. But Go it's ahead. better than nothing. Uh, Clint Eastwood is what we're not going with. <laughs> My partner looks so un... <laughs> no, let's go with it. You good with that? Yeah. Um, I'm not, Same genre. Uh, I'm not going to do anybody the disservice uh, of singing the classic taco song, Putting on the Ritz, but uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, the person who's dressed like a million-dollar trooper who's super-duper is Gary Cooper. Ah, uh, Cooper Cup. I was pretty proud of that one. Uh, yeah, um, Jeff, you kind of got it right there. Dressed like a million-dollar trooper, looking like Gary Cooper. Super duper. Um, and yes, uh, Cooper Cup was the clue there. Um, number seven. This is the hardest, but with Halloween around the corner, you might watch this actor's classic role, or is it roles? However, uh, his name sounds something more from a spring movie release. Uh, we figured this was probably from Jekyll and Hyde, but uh, I don't know the actor in that, so we're out. And that was my contribution. We, we guessed Buster Keaton. That was my contribution on this uh, side of the, the table, and Neil said... Frederick March. It is Frederick okay. March. Uh, I figured I'd have to try to play off that last name, being halfway from Halloween. Well, I'm glad you got us to Jekyll and Hyde because he's probably the mo one of the most famous versions of it. But yeah, that, that was a hard one. Uh, and that was actually his first win. He also went for uh, Best Years of Our Lives. So uh, Fred Claus was the uh, question there. Uh, actor number eight. I've been thinking about this, Mr. Ham. If I'm here and you're here, does that make it our time? Certainly there's nothing wrong with the little feast on our time. Uh. This one was the pen helped for sure, and we're going with Sean Penn. Yep, uh, we think it's uh, for Mystic River Milk. We said Sean Penn. Yeah, uh, quote being from Fast Times at Ridgemont High when he orders a pizza to the classroom. Mr. It Hand. is uh, Sean Penn. <laughs> I was trying to think of what that was from. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, I tried to do it very monotone because I really wanted to. I've been thinking about it, Mr. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, actor number nine. Uh, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. We said Tom Hanks. Yeah, we agree. We said it was Tom Hanks. In that little movie, uh, League of Their Own, it is Tom Hanks. So uh, that was uh, Tom Brady was the uh, question there. Oh, and for Sean Penn, the answer was pig pen for the question that related to it. And then kind of a layup here for you. A movie quote for actor number 10. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. We went with Sir Anthony Hopkins. One of the few films that won the big five. Um, we said Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is correct, and that's uh, why I had to go ahead and research John Hopkins University so much. <laughs> so. 
All right, after that swing round, Jada Pinkins egg not cracking one bit. Uh, getting a perfect score, <laughs> 120 points going into the second round. Uh, but just behind them is the team name that I cannot say. Uh, Conscious Uncoupling might have did it there. 100 points. You did. 120 to 100. Second round. Let's have it. All right. Um, being on short notice, that part of the game I had previously written mostly. Um, so the second half, I really didn't have any inspiration so I went ahead and hit my HomePod here and had Apple Music generate a music playlist for me. All right. Uh, and then based off the random eclectic playlist that they had, I ended up writing trivia questions on it. Uh, so your categories are actually going to be those songs that played on that HomePod as I wrote this game last night. All right. Not a sponsor. Uh, uh, question number one, it was In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. We all know the iconic scene of Lloyd Dobler standing outside of Diane Court's bedroom with a boombox raised above his head playing this song. That is too easy to ask. So what I want to know is after his rant of the things he does not want to do for a career during a dinner with the courts, what is the sport that Lloyd calls the sport of the future? I actually have a bonus part on this one. At the end of the movie, Lloyd Dobler does tell the father what he really wants to do with, with his life. What did he say he wants to do? So how many bonus points is that? Uh, let's do three. Okay. We can like it over here so you guys can talk. Uh, I think he's a kickboxer in the movie. So I think he's kickboxing would be the, the sport. Um, what he really wants to do. Oh, I think he says he wants to make his daughter happy. Great. We said kickboxing for the sport of the future, and uh, I, yeah, I don't know the exact line. It's he wants to yeah make uh, his girlfriend happy, Ioni Sky, so his daughter happy. It is kickboxing. The actual quote is, "I'll give you guys the bonus points." What I really want to do with my life, what I want to do for a living, is I want to be with your daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm good at it. So we're taking the points. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're, just just like, the just points. like yeah. uh, Lloyd Dobler took Diane Court on that plane. So. <laughs> well, how many All bonus right. points we get in there, Dave? Three. Three. All I right. Thought laser tag was the sport of the future. And uh, the next song that popped up, Antihero by Taylor Swift. You had to guess Taylor would end up on this playlist, but don't worry. It's not about Taylor. Antihero is a popular beer in the Chicago area from the Revolution Brewery. Uh, It is listed as an IPA. What does IPA stand for? And I am going to point this out. I am going to be particular. That's what I had. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, we're going to lock in over here. Uh, We're going to say India Pale Ale. Yeah, we, we agree. We think it's India Pale Ale. It is India not Indian, like some people may say, pale ale. Points to both teams. It's a good beer. Is there someone famous on on that beer? Uh, another little trivia nugget, like the person on, like on the can? Che. No, you just think so. it's Che? No, it's a hop. It's a hop man with hops as a head. Oh, is it's that the Colonel, one? Colonel Hops. Oh, well, yeah, of course, the famous Colonel Hops. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's not their the character. Rabbit. It's, you know. <laughs> the hop. I start every day with a salute to Colonel Hops. Just, uh, Two hops this time. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Who are you by the who? 
In September 2007, a late-season call-up hit a single during a baseball game versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, causing this famous baseball announcer to get excited as he pointed out after 58 years of announcing baseball, he finally got to say, who is on first during a broadcast? Uh, That moment seems to rank high on his list of calls, even with calling multiple no-hitters, perfect games, and World Series. So I have, uh, I'm going to change it up here for you. If you can tell me the name of that announcer, you get four points. Or if you simply want to tell me the team he's calling for, that he, who pay, played for, you get half points. I know it's, I know he called for them. I'm just trying to remember the if, name. Uh, you're, you're thinking it's the guy, it's, I know who that is. You yeah, I'm 100% sure. Baseball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm positive. Okay, uh, we're going to lock in over here. So the guy who goes just a bit outside. Bob Buecher? Bob Buecher. So no. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Might be right. I don't know. I'm just answering the question. Is that a baseball uh, announcer? That's what he wants. Well, yeah. Then we, maybe we should say it, unless you have an idea. No, I I don't. I You're heard... saying that's a first name of Buck? It, no, it's a last name. Joe Buck's a current NFL announcer, and his father was an announcer. All right. We could say last name Buck. That's a valid. But I don't know if he was an NFL or baseball, but I feel like he was baseball. I don't know why, but Joe Buck annoys me. The oh, because he should. The Buck the Joe Buck annoys everybody. <laughs> so we're saying Joe Buck's dad. Yeah. Joe Buck's dad. Buck. Joe Buck Sr. Mr. Buck. Jeff not Uncle. I was going to say, if he's got a cousin, it's Uncle Buck <laughs> to, to him. Jeff and I have been working well as a team today, you know, giving each other hints. Yeah, pretty sure... Um, uh, who's on first was called by an L.A. Dodgers announcer. And the most famous one that we could think of, Neil wrote it down, was Vin Scully. So, mm. Rest in peace. It is Vin Scully. Uh, if you guys would have went and just took half the points, it was the L.A. Dodgers was the team that he called for. I almost went so. with a little game theory because before we heard that it was World Series no hitters because, uh, David, I believe you're a White Sox fan. Is that right? He's got uh, a, a race hat on. Oh, Red Sox. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought he was a White Sox fan. I was like, oh, maybe it's Hawk Harrelson. But no, luckily we went yeah. Vince Scully. But by the way, Lauren, never pay attention to the hat. Okay. It always changes. Uh, I had an Expo hat on earlier, and then I realized that. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> had to ditch that one. So. so he immediately swapped it for a national yeah. hat. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Question number four. This song was uh, Superman's Dead by Our Lady Peace. When the comic sales dropped, the writing team felt fans took Superman for granted and decided to temporarily kill him off to emphasize his importance and also help introduce other DC heroes. In December of 1992, the writers did kill Superman. What supervillain completed this task, who is also the name of the first arc of the death of Superman? Jeff, we can lock in because next to Madonna's sex book, believe it or not, was a yeah. uh, pristine copy of this comic book. I so. believe it. Also, Ken once told me he wanted to kill me off because it would make me more uh, popular and people would want to show. Oh yeah, you off and bring it back. <laughs> That'd be a good arc. You'd have to come back though as Steel Jeff or Cyborg Jeff. I have no clue, other than the bald guy. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think it might have been Doomsday. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. No. I thought you. I thought you. At first, you said the comic strip Bloomsbury is the villain, but yeah, we said it's Doomsday. Doomsday is correct. So, good job, Ken. That was a good guess, though. You know, like Lex Luthor, the bald guy. That was a good, good guess. 
main uh, arch villain. You're right. I did kill Superman. I was gonna say, don't pity me. <laughs> no, I mean you were in the right ballpark. It wasn't like you said Joker or anything. All right. Question number five: White and Nerdy by Weird Al Yankovic. I love Weird Al and his music videos, including this one. There are four male celebrities that appear in this video. I want you to name three of them for points on this question. And if you can name all four, you get a bonus three. All right. So we picked uh, four white and nerdy uh, people. And uh, it's a pure guess, but we're locked in. We uh, we knew Donny Osmond was in it for sure. And then uh, Jeff and I were sussing out uh, two other people we knew played gangsters. Uh, we, we couldn't name them right away, but we believe it's Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. They're not white or nerdy. The, the, they play other roles. They are nerdy. I'm very confused. Uh, so we picked uh, four white nerdy people, and we picked Mark Hamill, Paul Rubens, David Cross, and Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> pretty white and pretty nerdy. Uh, um. And getting points, Neil, even though he suffered, did pull it out. Mm-hmm. Key and Peel played gangsters in the video. Um, the Donny Osmond is quite famous as he does his little butt shake uh, right behind Weird Al throughout the entire video. The last one, it was a short, short cameo as uh, he sat there waving his hands in front of a um, shelving unit of action figures, Seth Green. Oh, wow. No surprises there. All right, so... Matthew. So, after five questions, consciously conscious uncoupling, being uncoupled further from the lead, uh, with 133, uh, Jada Pinkett's egg uh, firmly in control now. <laughs> Popping their way to 173 points. <laughs> I'm concerned that Matt is the one who's unconscious over there. <laughs> it's, that reminds me of my favorite line from 21 Jump Street. I'll speed his track up a little bit. <laughs> my name's Jeff. No, no, mine's... Uh... <laughs> Jeez. That's going to be a long bleep. That's your favorite quote? That's my favorite, yeah. That's going to be a long week. I thought we, I thought we were right, friendly let's, uh, and let's, cut all let's this move territory. On from it. Let's move on from it. All right. Uh, so song number six was Always on Time by Ja Rule. If you don't know who Ja Rule Always is. Always there when you call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that was the featuring artist. Ja Rule is the one that's like, murder. <laughs> which got me thinking about murderers. Naturally. And, yeah. James French was a murderer. That was executed by a electric chair in Oklahoma in 1966. When asked for his last words, he said, how about this? Before mentioning what side dish? You work in food a little bit, Lauren. <laughs> I work in food a lot a bit, and I can't. Uh... That's what is that normally in your training is yeah, talking we, about last we, words? We can lock <laughs> yes, in. murderers and school nutrition. It go has hand to be. In how about this? It has to be. I mean. That's funny. I don't know why that's what, truly what I thought of, but I'm trying to think. Is there like a? That's funny. That's why. All right, we're done. We're great. Because if it's if we it's, are losing handedly anyway. <laughs> if it's last words and you want to kind of throw it in their face, I would just say mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy's name was French, and he got the electric chair. So uh, French fries. <laughs> like he he really did. How about this for your headline? French fries is the uh, correct answer. Nice. As his last name <laughs> is French. I said, too. I said it. Oh. 
Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go with your gut on that, but yours is funny. I like mashed potatoes, though. <laughs> I would say mashed potatoes. I, I, actually, I, was, I was expecting you like, to, for David to be like, no, he was like, how about French fries with a side of ketchup? All right. Song number seven was Scenes from an Italian Restaurant by Billy Joel. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't knock Billy. Do not knock Billy. Okay. Well, uh, thank you. Shout out to my partner, Kate, on this one, who's an amazing cook. Uh, and one of my favorite of her cooking is this Italian dish made of ground meat, sofrita, which is celery, carrots, and onion, tomato paste, wine, and milk. It is named after the region it originates from. Name that item. I can't cook, so. Sicilian slop. <laughs> well, some of this Sicilian slop over here. Okay. Uh, any initial thoughts? Nope. No, <laughs> no any, I, I any mean, secondary thoughts. Yeah, we, we struggled a lot on this one, and we're gonna go with fajol. Uh, we said uh, bolognese. Mm. Nice coming from the meat region of Bologna. Okay. Bolognese is the <laughs> correct answer. What a guess! Well Jeff. done, nice. Well, I, I do like to eat, so I figured that's a thing I had heard of, and when he said it could be paired with noodles. All right, song number eight, Return to Sender by Elvis Presley. Starting his career as a child actor alongside Elvis himself, this person got a 10-year contract with Disney before leaving Hollywood to play minor league baseball. However, he never got the call to the show and opted to return to acting. He has since played many iconic roles, including Santa Claus, Wyatt Earp, and even Elvis himself. Who is this actor? We'll lock in quickly so Ken and Lauren can talk. Mm. Can just My initial thought struggle. was Mickey Rooney, but the roles seem wrong. I think he did play Santa Claus in one of those animation movies. So you thought it was Mickey Rourke? Mickey no. Rooney? <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, did you say Mickey Rooney or Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rooney. Oh, I was going to say Mickey Rourke played Santa's leather bag at one point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mickey Rooney was Santa in one of those animated things, I'm pretty sure. Um, Mickey Rooney doesn't seem like the type to play Elvis, though. No, but may, it could have been like a... a great movie. <laughs> I would have paid for that. It's too bad we can't make that happen now. Kurt Russell? It could yes. be Kurt Russell. Yes, could it, it could be. be. Oh, he, he did play he Santa? He played Santa in that... Uh, yeah, I like that answer. Right, Kurt well Russell. Done. I was hoping that you weren't going to get it because then I was going to do a long diatribe about uh, someone who died and then in his, the palm of his <laughs> hand was Kurt Russell. Walt <laughs> Disney was gripping the paper. <laughs> I think we're enhancing this a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. He had just written down Kurt Russell on a paper. Yeah. And it was on his desk. But uh, in our mind, he, he was gripping it in his hand in his dead palm. It's like blood-soaked yeah. His paper. rosebud. Yeah, we said Snake Plissken, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is correct, yeah. He tried to play minor league baseball to follow his father's footsteps, but obviously, like I said, never, never good enough. So, so, all right. Question number nine: Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town by no other than Pearl Jam. According to the U.S. Census in 2010, Manawi is the only town with a population of one. Elsie Elsner is that person being the town's librarian and mayor, even granting herself a liquor license to sell alcohol. To herself. 
with, with that much corn around, I would make and sell alcohol too. What U.S. state is Manawi in? We're going to lock in over here. All right. Uh, so Nebraska has the Cornhusker team, right? Yep. Should we just go Nebraska? I like it. Yeah, we uh, we wrote down Nebraska, and then we figured if you went Nebraska, we'd go to my alma mater. We said Iowa. We're between the two. It's the two we wrote down. Uh, Iowa is the most producing of corn, but I was going for the corn huskers. This Ooh. is Nebraska. There you go. About time we, we needed finally, that. finally Flip. fumbled in Flip, the yeah. second half here. All right. And the last song, leading, uh, finishing up this round, Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette. The big difference between a billets and a pool table is that a pool table has pockets, six to be exact. When playing pool, there are many different formats, like nine ball, one pocket, eight ball. But what I'm going to ask, in a, in a standard game of eight ball, what color is the highest numbered ball on the table. And a bonus three points if you can tell me if it is striped or solid. I think we're going to go ahead and lock in here. Okay. Okay. I You wrote down yellow. I initially yellow. thought it was yellow with a stripe. but Yellow I think is the first one, right? That's what I'm saying. One. I think one is yellow. And then I think nine repeats with yellow again. Okay, yeah. I think one is a solid. Nine is... I think is... seven is brown. So that would mean fifteen is brown. I don't. I. I don't have the knowledge of that, but I will say I think. Uh... <laughs> I feel like green is four, purple's three, <laughs> orange is like five-ish. Perhaps. I think <laughs> blue is like six. So uh, I think it's brown. But I think yeah, I think it's yellow, and I think it's a stripe. I think one is solid, and nine is striped. I just, what? I just uh, no, I'm just Matt's laughing at me. <laughs> I don't have knowledge of that. That's such a great way to say I, I don't just know fr- anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's your answer? I think I think I'll go with Jeff here. I think we're going to say it's yellow and it's a stripe. Okay, uh, we were pretty sure it's a stripe because it starts with a solid one, and uh, for whatever reason, we both had a hunch that it was purple. Mm. We're saying purple stripe. Jeff, I really want to know where you're playing pool that there's a brown ball on the table. One hundred percent wondered the exact okay. same thing. <laughs> I was like, because Jeff was correct, kind of. It is burgundy. Mm. Oh. But I will give bonus points because you both said striped. Okay. Right. So, okay. yes, maybe I'm a little colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> so three three bonus points each? Sure. Burgundy. Yep, yeah, that's the color I was thinking of in my head. All right. After the second round, uh, Jada Pagan's egg extending their lead uh, with 206 points. Uh, the only thing preventing <laughs> so them from scoring... <laughs> Was corn, uh, much like us in high school. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Conscious of a couple of eggs with 156. Let's go to the final. (laughs) All right, what are our categories, David? When he mentioned corn, I just kept thinking about that video. It's corn, a giant lump with knobs. Big lump with knobs. It's got the juice. Oh, great video. All right. (laughs) So your final round, uh, actually being related to that last song, Hand in My Pocket, Alanis gave us the categories. Uh, 
with her hand in her pocket, the other one did five di- different actions throughout the song. And I use those as your categories tonight. Um, it is giving a high five, which is a sports question. Flicking a cigarette, which is a food and drink question. Giving a peace sign, which is about U.S. presidents. Playing a piano, which is about music. Inhaling a taxi cab, which is about geography. Our wagers are now in. Uh, we have bookended our 30s uh, with zeros on either side. Well, how about you guys? Jeff said push it in, uh, and I said it's already up there pretty high, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going 30s all the way down. All right. In giving a high five, Patrick Mahomes has recently gone to four straight conference championship games. Second best, only Tom Brady. But I'm going to try and forget about him for this question. I want to know the last quarterback to lead their team to four straight conference championship games, not named Brady, and only making the Super Bowl once in that time frame to lose to Tom Brady. And in flicking a cigarette, food and drink. Philip Morris, who owns Marlboro, Virginia Slims, and Parliament Cigarettes, once owned this popular beer company. From 1969 to 2002. The company originally started in 1855 and exchanged hands many, many times, including, ironically, being owned by the Southern African Breweries for a short time. It is now owned by Molson Coors. What company slash brand am I talking about? Giving a peace sign in U.S. Presidents. A peace sign is a raised fist with the index and middle fingers extended in a V formation. This is also the Cub Scout sign, the younger version of the Boy Scouts. Being an Eagle Scout myself, I know that Gerald Ford is the only Eagle Scout to have been U.S. president. However, there are four other presidents that have been in the scouting program as a youth, so under 18 years of age. Name three for your points, but you can have four guesses. In playing a piano, and of course music, this pianist won a full scholarship to Peabody Institute at John Hopkins University at the age of five, becoming the youngest to do so. It was like a sort of fairy tale until at the age of 11, she was she left based on musical insubordination. This makes sense as she did break through in the 1990s, singing about feminism, politics, and religion. I guess God did have a plan for her. Who is she? And hailing a taxi cab in geography. Starting in northern Alaska and going all the way to southern Argentina, The Guinness Book of World Records calls this the world's longest motorable road. Name it. All right, we have our questions. We'll be back with the answers, hopefully. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, and we're ready to rock and roll and find out who will be today's Cream of the Crop. All right. So uh, we'll go through that final round again. Uh, First question, giving a high five. In sports, Patrick Mahomes has recently gone to four straight conference championship games. Second best to only Tom Brady, but I'll try to forget about him for this question. I want to know the last quarterback to lead their team to four straight conference championship games, not named Brady. They did win one to make it to the Super Bowl, only to lose to Tom Brady. Yeah, we talked about this one more than we should have since we wagered zero. But we landed on Russell Wilson. This one we had a ton of trouble with. Um, We started talking about Cam Newton. We're like, no, he wouldn't have taken this team to that many. He lost to the Broncos. We said Drew Brees probably went to a ton of them, but he won one and lost one. Um, So the only name, we don't think it's right, but we just said Matt Ryan because we know he lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So that's all we got. Matt? Would you like to go ahead and confirm? Yeah, man who threw up in the uh, in the middle of the Super Bowl in the huddle, uh, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, uh, and a hometown boy, also wearing the number five. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, Giving a high five. Uh, noted chunky soup lover. So, from what I remember. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. They made it that many consecutive times. Andy Reid. Because they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. That's where you forget about them. Right, right, right. Uh, Flicking a cigarette in food and drink 
Philip Morris, who owns Marlboro, Virginia Slims, and Parliament Cigarettes, once owned this popular beer company from 1969 to 2002. The company originally started in 1855 and exchanged hands many times, including, ironically, being owned by the Southern African breweries for a short time. It is now owned by Molson Coors. What is that company brand that I'm t- I am talking about? Uh, we were not sure, but we th- sure thought about it a lot because we got 30 points on this one, and we settled on PBR. Hmm. Yeah, we talked about that one. Jeff seemed to have a good idea about this one. I was useless. Um, yeah, uh, famous for being Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We thought it'd be kind of ironic if they weren't. Um, so we said Miller. It is Miller time. Mm. You want to so. play that wah, wah, wah for us again? <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> Thank you. To make you feel better, Lauren, you guys never mentioned Miller. We never mentioned Miller. Thank yes. You. Yeah. So. Uh, giving a peace sign in U.S. presidents. The peace sign is a raised fist with an index and middle finger extended in a V formation. This is also, Cub- this is also the Cub Scout sign. A younger version of the Boy Scouts. Being an Eagle Scout, I know that Gerald Ford is the only Eagle Scout to be president. However, four other presidents have been in the scouting program as a youth, meaning under the age of 18. You just have to name three of them for your points, but you have four guesses to do so. Well, I sure don't know, but I picked some of the more rugged, (laughs) I feel like, second half of the century presidents. So we said Reagan, Carter, Bush Sr., and Kennedy. Um, yeah, I think the scouting was much more recent, and I think the reason David asked about um, in their youth is because some like became like honorary scouts later and stu- such. Um, I think Biden might even be an honorary scout, but um, we said JFK, and then I'm pretty sure that the Bush family, both um, senior and and uh, HW, um, George, yeah, HW and, and W were involved, so we said Bush one and two. Did you have a fourth guess? Oh, a fourth guess? Uh, Carter. Okay. Um, you guys are kind of correct because there were honorary or leadership responsibilities that some of these presidents took on after being 18. But the four that have actually been in the program under the age of 18, you guys both got JFK. And then it was Bill Clinton, George W., and... Jeff, you named him Joe Biden. Oh, I thought he was like an honorary scout or something. <laughs> no, he actually wasn't. He might still be an honorary. He might have been like recognized as an honorary scout now. But yes, uh, he was in the program as a child. Huh. So no points. No points. Uh, well, so, negative points, actually. Good day, sir. Yeah. Uh, playing a piano in music. This pianist won a full scholarship to Peabody Institute at John Hopkins University at the age of five, becoming the youngest to do so. It was like a sort of fairy tale until at the age of 11, she left based on musical insubordination. Makes sense that she did break, makes sense as she did break through in the 1990s, singing about feminism, politics, and religion. I guess God did have a plan for her i just want you to name her uh we thought about alicia keys for a moment but we thought uh fiona apple might have fit the bill a little better here 
Yeah, this is all Jeff. I I was writing down the wrong pianists. Um, well, unfortunately, as much as I would love to admit I've been a bad, bad girl. Um, <laughs> I think this is Tori Amos. Mm. I was going to put an age in there to help you guys out. Tori Amos is this prodigy. Uh, had songs like Some Sort of Fairy Tale and God. And those were your clues there. And then finally, inhaling a taxicab and geography. Starting in northern Alaska and going all the way to southern Argentina, the Guinness Book of World Records calls this the world's longest motorable road. Name that road. Uh, we had zero points, so we just said the road of no return, which is the road that we're on currently. <laughs> um, Neil was a big fan of um, this highway for two seasons. Um, I think uh, we said the Pan American Highway. It is Pan Am have two seasons? One? Oh, maybe. Was it just one that it got Margot Robbie was on it. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it made two. I don't think it made a full season. So, but yes, Pan American Highway is correct. It's weird because I, nice I thought that the final show guys. had the legs to stand on. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of it was Jeff here. Hold on. Nice job in the final, guys. You pulled a lot of points. But, uh, Matt, where do we stand after all that? All right, a tough final round uh, for you guys over at the uh, the couplings. Uh, 66 points. Um, but you know what? You ended up positive, so that's always something to be excited for. Uh, today's cream of the crop with an amazing 266 points is Jada Pinkett's egg. We must How unfortunate. <laughs> well, uh, we're just going to subtract 30 from that for our real final score, um, but it still means we win uh, 236. So it sounds like you guys actually got 236, but the points don't matter because you uh, beat us handily. Well, good job, guys. They don't. Thank you. And, Jeff, it's time now to uh, finish the game for us. All right. It's out. We're done. All right. Uh, well, you know, good game to you guys, too. David, great game. Thank you for writing all these questions, especially the second half uh, last minute for us. We really appreciate it. Any shout-outs you'd like to, to give before we let you go? Um, Shout-out to you guys. Um, you guys put out a great podcast on occasion, you know, when you do put it out, Jeff. Oh, wow. So, Take that, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> um, See how yeah. it takes for this one to come out. <laughs> <laughs> nice Thursday p.m. release. Yeah, but uh, no, it's been fun and exciting. Great to meet you, Lauren. Um, and yeah, looking to come back. Uh, maybe being a contestant, so I don't have to worry about writing so much. There you go. We'd be happy to have you. Lauren, you're a great uh, team member here, but I'm sorry we couldn't uh, pull it through. This uncoupling, and I can't even say it, uncoupling, yeah. was really just a rough start from the beginning, I guess. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, we're going to consciously uncouple as a team, but... Uh, We'll still be team members in our hearts. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any final statements today? No. Again, same. I'll echo. David, thank you to you all. This is absolutely my favorite uh, podcast out there. And not uh, there's nothing that touches you guys as far as like trivia podcasts for sure. You guys are the best. Um, and we appreciate you. And shout out to my family. Um, in particular, my husband who told me if I was coming on here, I needed to say husband over and over again <laughs> and uh, i was like dude i think i think i'm safe i think you're safe we're good so uh i appreciate the confidence and let me come here and be in person because i've been a big fan of you guys for 
like six years, seven years. Six How long years, have you yeah. All been um, going? Almost yeah. seven, yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're a fan of us for seven years, we should be concerned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why he wanted me to say it so yeah, much. Yeah, I was say maybe that's. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Before nope. we started, so. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you here mm-hmm. in the studio. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Lauren and David, for joining us today. As we said earlier, uh, you can join them on Patreon at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. But more on that, you can actually support the show by checking out some of the other great shows on our network, Airwave Media. Go to airwavemedia.com to check out some cool shows like Pulse of the Planet, The Explorers Podcast, which I don't believe is the uh, the kid sci-fi movie from the 80s, and Small Things Often, title of all of our sex tapes. So thank you very much for joining us today, and we will see you uh, next week for another episode of Triviality for Lauren, Jeff, Ken, Matt, and David. My name is Neil, and once again, that was Triviality.